Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey, Hello Universe fam. It's Eva here recording another solo intro this week. Um, I'm actually coming at you, let's see, on November 3rd, the morning of the election. Uh, Kylie and I will be here next week with a more comprehensive, thoughtful rundown of the election, our thoughts, um, obviously, you know, providing a spiritual lens through (laughs) our processing of the election. But for today, we have a super fun, really helpful podcast with Deandra Nicolette, all about manifestation and more, um, which I will get to in a little bit. But just first, some quick updates. Um, For those of you who've been following me, you know that I was in Taiwan and uh, that time has come to an end. I am back on American soil. My whole, the plan um, was to be back in America in time for the election. And I realized I really just dropped myself into the middle of a shitstorm because you know, it was Halloween, it was a full moon, it was um, daylight savings, <laughs> and now this election. And, um, but I have to say, even though leaving Taiwan was really heartbreaking, because it was really hard to say bye to my family, it does feel really nice to be back. Um, it feels good to be able, I think, to get back to focusing on work. And I think what's just going on stateside and being able to help my clients ushering people through some stress and anxiety. Um, and so in that way, I feel really, really grateful and it is no longer hundred degrees or like hundred degrees plus in Arizona. Thank God. Um, so yeah, it feels good to be back. Uh, that being said, for those of you who have been following me, you also know that I have my four week online spiritual growth course coming out. I still have not decided on a title. I think it's going to come to me sort of last minute, but Um, the launch is happening in late November. So if you want to learn more about the program, if you want to get signed up for like the bonuses, like a free 90 minute coaching session with me, you can find me over at, well, I guess the easiest way is for you to just send me an email, send me an email at boss at evaliao.com. Um, then I'll put you on the wait list. So you can find out all the information there and people who sign up first, um, there are going to be a limited amount of spots. So people who sign up first and also, um, get the early bird special, will get all the good deals. And you can also find me on Instagram where I hang out the most at bad bitch living. So come say hi to me there. Um, I was actually just going through some of the content of the program today. And I just want so badly, um, for you out there, if you're someone who struggles with fear-based thinking, overthinking, being in your mind too much, anxiety, worry, doubt, guilt, like fear essentially, right? Like all of those things are just the manifestation of fear. And you know that they're getting in the way of your peace, your spiritual awakening, your relationships, your just being more confident in your everyday life at work, all of these things. If this is you, one, I want to say, I see you and I feel you because that used to be me. <laughs> it's amazing sometimes to me, I think how, how much of like a 180 I've done from how high, strong and anxious I used to be. Um, but two, because I see you, I also know what's possible. I know that peace and clarity and groundedness are possible in every moment. And it really comes down to being able to understand what we're thinking and we're believing, working with our subconscious mind, working with our mindset, um, our perspectives and how we respond to life. All of these things are within our control. And in fact, 
how we respond to life is the only thing that we can control. <laughs> and if this rings true to you, if you know that a lot of your suffering comes from inside, you know, it's, it's our mind. I mean, really that's the human condition, but if you're sort of aware to this and you want to be able to make the changes to experience awakening, um, but in practical terms, <laughs> because y'all know I, I love keeping it practical. I love the woo woo, but I also think it's really important to keep it accessible and grounded um, and not too much in this sort of like light in love kind of vibe, like no shade to people out there. But uh, I think transcending suffering and experiencing awakening and consciousness and higher states of consciousness is a lot more than just positive thinking and positive psychology. Um, if this speaks to you, then this course is for you. And I'm so excited to share it with everyone. So come find me on Instagram or send me an email to get on the wait list at boss at and with that, I'm going to introduce our guest today, Deandra Nicolette. Deandra is a conscious manifestation expert. So she helps women ditch roles they thought they had to play so they can step into their true power as a co-creator of their reality. So as, as some of you may know, we've had a couple of conversations on this podcast about manifestation because Kylie and I were inviting people um, onto the show specifically to teach us about like, yeah, exactly this actually conscious manifestation. Um, things beyond just this idea of like the secret, right? And I would say that of all of the conversations we've had about manifestation, this one for me was the most applicable, like the most easy for me to understand. It really helped ground things in like, oh, like this is, this isn't hard. This is how you do it. And it sort of got me on board with believing, um, that believing that, this shit works essentially, which isn't to say it's complicated because I've definitely manifested things into my life numerous, numerous, numerous times. Some like very, very big things. I would say actually most of the big things in my life I've probably manifested into my life. Um, but what's, ha what's interesting is that I will start to manifest and then I'll step away from it because I get sort of like icky, gross vibes sometimes around manifestation uh, for reasons that we talk about in this podcast. Or sometimes I just stop believing. That's very, I think that's very common too. It's like sometimes we can get really inspired. And then other times we lose faith and we lose sight of what's possible. And so this podcast sort of reignited my passion for manifestation, um, re-reminded me of what's possible. She, uh, Deandra is just super down to earth. She's, keeps it fucking real. She's so much fun. And, um, you, you'll just hear in this, in this specific conversation, like I just open up completely and I get really excited about it. So my hope is that if y'all are trying to manifest some shit, which I hope everyone is trying to essentially, because there, the world is an endless, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. There's just endless opportunity here. And I really do believe that we are a field of all possibilities. And it's about being able to live that and experience that and letting ourselves have the things that we want to have. And I think manifestation is part of that. If we want to live big lives, uh, manifestation is going to play a role in that, whether you recognize that or not. And I want everybody here to be able to live, you know, as big a life as, as you want to do, whatever that may look like. And I think following the steps that are outlined in this podcast will be really helpful for that. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, Deandra. Welcome to Hello Universe. We are so, so, so excited to have you here today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here as well. So we'll just jump right to it um, because we always get, we always start with the meaty questions, which is 
what is spirituality for you and how does it show up in your everyday life? Yes. I love this question. Starting with the juicy tea. Love it. Um, but for me, I think spirituality really is about this return to yourself. Right. And I'm going to break that down because I feel like that has kind of become a thing a lot of people say, and it's like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm home. I'm in my house. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? But really what it is, is <laughs> really what it is, is we have all been so conditioned ever since we were young, um, growing up by what our parents have told us, our peers have said, what we've seen on the media. And that sort of creates this illusion of self, right? You start to become this person where you have certain beliefs or you think certain things, or you're afraid of certain things, or you want certain things either because you think you have to have them or because you think you should be afraid, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, the journey of spirituality or spirituality literally is about the journey to return to myself, to peel back those layers, to actually identify what are the things that I believe, not because I choose to believe them, but because I was told I should believe them or because someone in my family believed them and I picked that up. And so on this journey, it's about kind of like taking apart literally every single thing that I know to be true and questioning that. Like, is this actually Mm -hmm. the truth? Like, what is truth for me? And allowing myself to really choose what I want to move forward and believe in going forward in my life, because we do get that choice. We get to choose what we believe in. We get to choose um, what we want to do. We get to choose what we desire. And I want to make sure that every single thing I'm choosing in my life is a conscious decision that I make Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a decision that was made for me before I even got the chance to think. And so Mm -hmm. when I talk about spirituality, it's not about tarot cards. It's not about sage. It's not about meditation. I mean, those are tools to help you on this journey to return to yourself. Right. But, you know, let's put the tools aside because even those tools, I think, can sort of have a little bit of um, meaning behind them that someone else has assigned to us. And so for me, it's about Mm -hmm. figuring out what like truly who do I want to be in this world and what does the authentic me look like and um I think we're also always reinventing that so it's it's a constant questioning but in a fun way not in a like a when we talk about like I'm panicked about who I am but it's like a, I I really get to choose who I am so who am I choosing to be in these moments in my life yeah. I mean, I think the another way, the way I'm hearing you say, it's also like lifting the veil. People in Buddhism will talk about sometimes like lifting the veil of what we thought was true and then uncovering it and being like awakening, right? It's like clear seeing. Oh my gosh. No, I was just really quickly <laughs> saying I love this Buddhism simply because um, at the very, I guess, start of this journey for me, I actually used to listen to podcasts. I don't know if it still exists. It's called Secular Buddhism. And that's kind of like a lot of the principles of like spirituality, a lot of the things that we hear about were introduced to me through secular buddhism that podcast and so it's just really interesting that you mentioned that and kind of like the idea of lifting the veil yeah and what i wanted to ask though is that i love this idea of how you said that you are intentionally picking i wrote this down everything apart in your life and like trying to see things uh, like see the truth of things or picking your thoughts but i feel like people don't get there unless they've been through something in their life that like woke them up or something happened where you're just realize like wait some of the this is bullshit. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about your story of like how you came to have this practice. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like there were several different moments in my life that have sort of led me to this. And I think that's kind of the truth for a lot of people, right? Like there are people who experience this one moment where they're like, oh, this is where it happened. Like this was the the start of everything. But I think there are also people like myself where it was a bunch of little things and then there are certain moments I can remember and I'll tell you guys about one um, right now. But uh, prior to that moment, I'd always been someone that was very curious. I was a curious child. I was always saying things that were very interesting. I 
believed in conscious manifestation before I had a term to label it. I used to, I remember thinking as a kid that I was a witch because I would think certain things and it would happen. I would see it unfold in front of my eyes or someone would, I would think about someone and they would call and things like that. And so I was like, okay, that's why I started to realize like the mind, you can do things with your mind, right? Your mind has this power, you have this power. And so went to college, studied psych and sociology, came out of college, went to grad school, did marketing and advertising, left that or finished that rather. And then I went into my first full-time job and I remember it breaking my heart a little bit because I had actually started a cosmetics business and I was working with um, a woman freelance at the time in order to kind of have money. And she had to start to scale back on time with me. And I found myself in this place where I was like, okay, like I literally don't have enough money to pay for my life right now. And I need to get a job. So I got this full-time job. I'm like, all right, this is my first big old job. We're going to do this thing. Yes, yes, yes. And I went into the company first day, literally first day I I knew it was a mess. Like intuitively, I knew it was a mess Mm. because lunchtime came around and nobody left their desk to eat. I was the only one in the, in like the, the eating area with my food. I'm thinking like, where is everybody? Like, Hey guys, like, hello, it's, it's time to eat. Let's all gather around. I'm thinking it's gonna be so fun. People are in their office. They're like, what is a lunch? <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> so it kind of went on like that for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And over time I started to sort of lose my spark. I actually remember going into a meeting with my manager at the time and he said, you know, when you came in here, you were so bubbly, you were so fun, so full of life, personality, and now it's like we suck the life out of you. And he said this and it, it was like, he was making a joke, but truly he was saying the truth. Yeah. He was, he, it was like, you know, God, my higher self, angels, whoever speaking through this man and telling me what was happening. And so I, at the time was really struggling with this, this sort of like life being sucked out of me. I found myself feeling very suicidal. There was a night where I actually had to tell my mom, I'm like, I'm actually really afraid because I'm having all these feelings and I know they're not healthy. I know that, you know, I don't think it's, it's like, I do need help, but I think what it is, is that I need to leave this job. Like I, Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that I've identified that has changed in my life that has brought me to this place where I feel so out of control, so depressed, so upset with everything. And she literally was like, I remember her telling me, well, she was like, well, you're the one who always used to talk about, like, you can create all these things in your life and you can have all these things that you want. Mm. She's like, why don't you just leave the job? And sometimes my mom just says these things so nonchalantly. And I'm like, well, that's, that was simple. <laughs> like, that sounds like a good idea. And so she was like, you know, you're smart. You've gone to school. You've done all these things. Like, you can get another job. This isn't the only job. But somehow mm-hmm. in my head, I, I didn't realize that until she told me. And so I made this decision. I was like, all right, I'm going to leave the job after New Year because it was around December. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, in January, like put in my resignation. I'm going to leave. I'm going to find another job. So we leave uh, for like the, the holiday break. I had a little bit of time, PTO at that time, left, came back. The I think it was like the first or second day that we came back. I know it was a Wednesday. Okay. It was a hump day. And we came back and literally walk in before I could even take my coat off. My manager comes and he's like, we have to talk. And immediately I knew, I was like, well, I'm getting fired today. Like immediately I knew something was happening and they called me into the office, gave me my last check. And they were like, you have to leave. They were kind of rude about it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, didn't let me get my lunch bag. I was so upset about that. Oh my gosh. I had a good lunch bag that day. And I ended up having to leave. And I remember walking into the parking lot and into my car. And instead of feeling like just my world was crashing around me, I felt like this weight was lifted from my shoulders. Mm. Like I could finally breathe. And it was in that moment 
I, at the same time, right, because there was this, it's almost like this duality. On the one hand, I'm like, I can breathe now. Like, I don't have this job weighing over me. This toxic thing that was literally sucking the life out of me is gone. But on the other end was this feeling of, well, what do I do now? Right. Yeah. And that was sort of that turning point for me because at that point, it was like, okay, well, I knew I was going to leave. I knew I would figure it out. Here's my chance to figure it out. The universe yeah. has pushed me off of this cliff. I will no longer accept a position that makes me feel this way. I will no longer accept X, Y, and Z. Well, what do I want now? What can I create now? And I think that moment has always felt really, really pivotal to me simply because that was a moment where I really stepped into or realized my worth, right? Yeah. And realized that there are so many options out there. And it was sort of like, my mom said it so simply she's like you can always get another job and sometimes I think we get stuck in these moments where everything that's happening to us feels so permanent and feels yeah. so like we can't get out of it like we can't escape it and her just saying that simple thing was like yeah you're right, right. and so that was a, a really pivotal moment and from there I kind of went on and I um I, I started to kind of dabble in like the podcast world. I started to, I started to blog at the time that will no longer exist. I um, had a partner. I changed the way I looked at my finances and I was able to save so much money, more money than I'd ever saved before, because before I never knew what saving was. Oh my gosh, it was a mess. <laughs> I was able to pay off debt. I was able to manifest jobs that I wanted. And when I was ready to leave them, I left them without being pushed off the cliff. Yeah. So many things were able to happen after that time. So I think that really... That moment always speaks to me and I will never forget how I felt being in that place because anytime I get close to that or something sort of like, you know, gives me that intuitive pull, that nudge of like, this isn't for you. This isn't the right place for you. It's the same feeling as that day yeah. that I walked into that mm -hmm. office and no one was eating lunch. And now I listen to it. Now I'm like, well, we are not going to repeat that. <laughs> yeah. I love this story so much. First of all, because yeah. I have a very parallel story. So <laughs> I'm just loving the synchronicities. <laughs> yes. My first job out of college, I also like some part of me instantly knew it was terrible. I came home for my first week and had full body back spasms and like needed my husband to like rub my back until I could fall asleep. Like my body was like, get out. <laughs> right. But of course I did not listen. And it just went from like, that to just like it just totally devolved and i've talked about it before on the podcast so i won't retell the whole story but i also got fired the day after the holidays the first day back <laughs> so as you're telling the story and you're like and then i came back the holidays i was like no way we got fired on the same day <laughs> Oh, I wonder if it was the same year even. Um, this was 2018. Okay, yeah, no, mine was 2018. I, my, I'm, I'm an older lady, so mine was earlier in, in, than that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just really funny. I just resonate with that so much. And uh, it, it's funny. I mean, getting fired, uh, which I'm now a veteran of because it's happened to me twice, is really a huge shell shock, but it can be the biggest fucking gift imaginable like anything like a breakup like anything that on some level you know if we think of tar the tarot card like a tower like moment oh my gosh yes yeah <laughs> wait no tell me I, I don't know i don't know this tarot card oh okay go ahead you can explain it deandra oh my gosh oh yes oh, <laughs> so in the in the tarot deck there's this card the tower card and it's sort of like depending on what deck you have it depicts like this tower falling burning chaos it just looks really angry honestly and a lot like of people it got struck by lightning it's like it's like yeah, not it's, it's yeah it's yeah. not fun but for a lot mm -hmm. of people it sort of like represents when 
something is supposed to come to an end and you're resisting the end and you're trying to push forward. And so you've got to get like knocked off this cliff and it's sort of like, you're knocked into this, this chaotic or it's chaotic for you when the ending happens, but it's also an ending that needed to happen. So yeah. I don't, I mean, the tower card isn't like bad. It's just sort of like you were resisting something and, and that something had to happen. And here we are. And then what's on the other side of it is like, so like if either of us had we would have avoided our tower card moment if my back spasms or your sad lunch was the like message it was trying to be that was like, oh, this isn't actually for me. But because you resist it, the like, you know, the message gets louder and louder and louder. But mm. also like, I'm so, fuck- and this is when you know you're a personal development junkie, when like, I'm so fucking grateful for those moments now in my life, because like what, like you said, like what's on the other side is like, freedom right like what's on the other side if you choose to like Mm -hmm. experience it and ride the waves through it because like I had a you know very deep depression after I got fired from my first job so I'm not going to pretend it was easy but like it was such a beautiful gift in my life in a whole bunch of different ways and it sounds like you had the same experience of letting it like push you into something that was that you needed to experience and that like was better for you on the other side yeah. Or yeah. I would even add like it opens you up. Right. So I'm just mm. going to join the, join, join the club here and say, I, well, I didn't get fired. I did the reason I started my business and actually have had like the most amazing and then moved to Asia and like what have had the most amazing, whatever, five years of my life is because I got let go of my job because mm. we went out of funding. And also I was just like, got an unemployment. I was like, oh, this is a blessing. Cause I was ready to leave. But it is that saying like every time a window or door closes, a window opens. And it's, this is where I feel like it's the spirituality comes in and the resilience comes in. It's like, it's really up to you if you you turn this into an opportunity or not, because one of my favorite sayings is like, it's never the end. Cause if it's, if it, if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Mm. Like it's just not the end. Cause there's going to be another iteration of something that can happen that you just keep turning over and over and over again. So yeah. And Eva, what you're saying is making me think too about Deandra, when you're standing there in the parking lot, you had, you had two, you referenced this, right? There's like two feelings. There's two stories emerging. Mm -hmm. And one is like, well, that fucking sucks. And then the other is like, well, I can breathe now. And both are true at the same time. We have to experience both, but also we choose which we prize, you know? And so whether the tower moment becomes transformational or whether we're kind of like stuck in the, in the painful loop of it, I think depends a lot on like, well, which emerges as the most important story, right? That that sucks or that you're free now. Exactly. I agree yeah. because I think right after it, it wasn't pleasant, right? I, I remember I worked a bunch of really sucky jobs, um, like dog walking. I got scammed out of this one thing where I was supposed to be like mailing packages. It was a mess, okay? Like, yeah. Amen. I remember being in a post office and spending my last $13 on some tape for this like scam job thinking I was going to get paid like two grand the next month. Money never came. They like just oh. came <laughs> Like literally so awful. But at the same time, you know, looking back on that, it's like, it is literally the story of that resilience because in those moments, it was like, I could have stopped, but there was something in me that kept me going because I was just like, as bad as this is, this wasn't as bad as what I was going through mm. when I was at the job. Like I had the money, but oh my gosh, like it was, mm-hmm. it was 10 times worse. And so I'd rather be in that post office spending my last $13 on pay <laughs> at this job, sitting in this room, waiting for people to come to lunch with me and realizing like, no, they don't eat here. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 All right. So that being said, can we sort of transition into this big topic of manifestation, the thing that you are an, an expert in and 
something that Kylie and I have been wanting to learn more about. And I think you have, I think some amazing stories about how it's showed up in your own life. Um, but just some background information for listeners and for you, Deandra. So Kylie and I are both interested in meditation. Um, but you mean also, manifestation? I mean, I mean, yeah, sorry, in manifestation. <laughs> but that was like totally a Freudian slip where the part of your brain <laughs> that prizes like, meditation was like, <laughs> yes. say this first. This sounds more important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but we want to incorporate it into our lives, but we do have some, I would say, pushback against it for various reasons for some of the questions that we like shared with you before the show. But the thing that I want to like really ground this in is I think it'll be fun to take us like on this journey is that something I've been thinking about is, um, and Kylie knows this. So I, my partner and I are thinking about moving from Arizona to somewhere, possibly Portland, maybe LA. Um, and I think a lot of that is like, okay, I need to like, this is it. This is my time. I can like manifest some shit. But as for some people, for two people who know so much about spirituality, I feel like Kylie and I don't really know that much about manifestation. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm ready. Uh, now what do I do? <laughs> So that's, that's kind of like where I am in my manifestation journey. Mm, okay. So let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I always, always like start with reminding people or letting people know actually is that we're always manifesting. Right. And so it's this, it's the idea that you want to create something that you actually want to experience is more so conscious manifesting. It's more so actually having like a conscious say in what you want to create. And so I think when you realize, or you come to the, the understanding that we're always manifesting, you've always been doing this. It's just that maybe you've been doing it from a subconscious place. I think mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of power and it's kind of cool to realize. Cause then you're like, okay, well now it's like, I have this superpower and now I'm really trying to just figure out how to use it. So instead of like shooting flames to my arm randomly and not knowing what's going on, now I can actually control the thing and like use it to my advantage. And so when I talk about conscious manifestation, I kind of like break it down to these like four, it's almost like four steps, but some of them are kind of happening simultaneously. But the first one really is around clarity and getting clear on what you want. And this is so important because again, I think when you realize that you have this sort of superpower that you're like, okay, manifestation is a thing. Like I can have anything. Then it's like, well, what do I want? It's like you walk into a candy store as a kid and someone's like, you can literally take anything you want from the shelf. Like you start to kind of panic in a way because there are so many choices, right? I don't want to make the wrong choice. And like, exactly. exactly. do I think that does that one taste as good as it looks? Right. So that that comes into play. And I have a lot of choice anxiety, thing. guys. <laughs> That's the thing. It's called um, what is it called? Oh my gosh, it's a psych term. Um, but basically when you have too many it's options, like the, the, par- the paradox of choice. choice paralysis. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Yeah. I get that too. All my yep. <laughs> learnings are eluding me right now. But yeah, so it's like you can have all these things. And so you kind of get into this place where you're like, well, what do I want? Right. And so maybe you're like, I want this. And then tomorrow you're like, I want this. And then you're spinning around in circles trying to choose a thing but by kind of spinning around in circles and not and trying to choose all the things you're choosing nothing Mm. that makes sense and Mm -hmm. so what i really urge people to do especially when you're starting this journey of really understanding the conscious manifestation process is to start maybe with something you consider small right because you're trying to build this muscle of like how to use this superpower so you don't want to be like i'm manifesting 10 million dollars because like Mm. now you're going to put all this pressure on yourself you're going to be like where's my money it's just it's going to be a whole thing so it's like that's why i think a lot of books will be like start with the coffee or start with the it's more so the idea of something small whatever small means to you right but really that clarity piece is so important and for me I love to create that clarity by journaling or scripting or just writing down like the act of physically writing for me is really powerful for you it might be something like 
in the shower, you just say it aloud. Maybe it's something like when you're drifting off to bed, noticing what you're always thinking about and being like, okay, let me, let me zone in on that. There's something there, something that I'm dreaming about, something that's always coming to me. Right. But either way, that clarity is like really that first step. And so the next part of that, before you go to the next step, can I just underscore something you said? I love first of all, that you say like, we're always already manifesting. So let's just get conscious about it. But then when you say, notice what you're always thinking about, that just totally Mm -hmm. like, like I has like, oh, of course. (laughs) Right. Like, like there are things that we're, any one of us is just constantly kind of ruminating on. And what if, instead of that being like, just this kind of noise, we brought it forward in an intentional way. Anyway, that's just such an aha moment for me. No, absolutely. Because I think it's really just, if there's something there, explore that, right? Maybe you're having the thought because you saw it on Instagram and that's why it's stuck in your head, but maybe you're having the thought because it actually is something that you want. Right. And so that's a process that you have to go through to figure out, Mm -hmm. is that something I really want? Why do I want that thing? And, and you don't need to have like a reason of like, I want this because X, Y, Z, sometimes you just want something as you want it. Right. And sometimes you going through the process and manifesting that thing teaches you a lesson. And maybe that's why you wanted it. You don't know that until at the end and Mm -hmm. you know, all the things but the clarity like the kid who eats who wants uh you know 20 pounds of candy and then gets a bellyache like okay well maybe you just needed to learn a lesson about what 20 pounds of candy does to you and yeah yeah now you love broccoli (laughs) (laughs) okay so but this question about notice okay so you said um notice what you're always thinking about because i think that's my understanding. It's that when you say that we're always manifesting anyway, it's like, what you mean is we're always manifesting what we're thinking about. So I think, no, no, no. Okay. No, it's, right. And I mean, we can get into this now. I know this is a, a, a separate question kind of, mm-hmm. um, but I could touch on this now if you'd like. Yeah. Let's, let, let's get into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have a couple more steps to the manifestation. Right. Yeah. So we can come back to, yeah, we'll circle yeah. back to that. But um, with manifestation, it's not always about what you're thinking about that you're creating because there are things that you supposed okay. to manifest. And so those things can stem from like beliefs that you have, um, what people will mm-hmm. call like limiting beliefs, subconscious beliefs. They're basically those beliefs that are under the surface that you're sort of mm-hmm. thinking, but you're not really fully aware that you're thinking. Right. Yeah. So one thing that, that the way this can manifest in your life, a really easy example is say you consciously, you're like, okay, I want a job with XYZ salary. You're like, I know I'm good for it. I really like the salary would help me have X, Y, and Z. I want this, whatever. You've set mm-hmm. the salary you want. You're really clear on it. Um, you know how you would feel about it. And you're like, I'm manifesting this, right? But maybe subconsciously you have this belief that if you were to get this job, all of a sudden now you're not going to have time for family. All of a sudden now you're not going to have time for yourself. All of a sudden you you can't manage the team that you're mm-hmm. going to be in charge of managing. Mm-hmm. You don't think you'll do a good job. You might have all these beliefs that are subconsciously just like floating around about your worth, about your time, about whatever that are sort of making you kind of not manifest the job. And so what it could manifest as mm-hmm. is maybe self-sabotage. So maybe, you know, they, they call you up for your second interview and you go into the second interview unprepared, just sort of like, you're not really there. You don't give a good impression. They feel that energy from you because subconsciously you're thinking about all the things that you will get when you get the job that you don't want. Right. So yeah. Like in a fear state. Like, mm. Yeah. And you're projecting this energy of like, I don't want this job. I don't want this job. Even though consciously you're like, yeah, I, I can start on Monday. <laughs> like, yeah. Energetically you're like, girl, do not give me this job, please. Yeah. And so it's sort of like this, um, this mixed message. And it's so funny. I literally 
just read somewhere it was in a book um where this guy was talking about how like energetically you could be saying one thing but you could be using your mouth to say another and that's where the idea of mixed signals mixed messages come from because it literally mm-hmm. is mixed messages and so that's what i mean by you don't have to be thinking about the thing to manifest it right and that's where again people always talk about the the subconscious blocks they talk about the limiting beliefs because those are the things that are like really roadblocks that you don't see it's like the like if you can mm-hmm. see the problem you can fix the problem. But if you have right. these subconscious blocks that you can't see, that you are not aware of, that you have not done the shadow work to understand, it's like they're going to pop up and it's going to, you're going to like self-sabotage. You are going to do things that put you in your own way of getting the things that you want. And so no matter how much you're consciously thinking about it, now you're getting desperate because now you really want the thing and you're pushing it away even mm-hmm. further. It becomes this really vicious cycle. So that's what I mean by you don't have to necessarily be thinking about something consciously to manifest it it's like the Mm -hmm. thought is there but it's just like you know under the surface it's like Mm -hmm. that whole um pyramid that we see in psych where the conscious thought is above water it's that you know icebreaker or ice thing above water yeah Yeah. these other thoughts that we don't really yeah but so it's essentially this idea of like your conscious thoughts and your subconscious thoughts need to sort of be in alignment like you that's like where the work is right it's like getting your unconscious and your conscious on the same page and Absolutely. that's how we can undo the blocks. And this is what so much of our work oftentimes is about, right? It's like healing the underneath stuff. Um, but I think that's where I get a little bit nervous when it comes to manifestation, because I think, oh, I can't have any negative unconscious thoughts. <laughs> I start thinking, I start getting really into my brain about like, oh, wait, wait, wait. But like, I can't honor this like real fear that I have that like, if I get this job, maybe I'm going to feel like a sellout because I'm going to whatever, have all this money hang up about like, about, you know, making tons of money. And I have found that oftentimes the way to get past or like my unconscious fears is to actually let them in and to be like, okay, actually there's room for you. There's room for this fear. There's room for this discomfort. Um, and I get confused because I'm like, but if I let it in, that means I'm also thinking about it. And I'm not supposed to think about it. So I do this like weird little like back and forth dance. Okay. Can I say something about this? Cause this is a big overlap to the work that I do a lot, especially lately with my clients, your subconscious thoughts are already there. So mm-hmm. it's not like our conscious thoughts. I think we do have some control of like, whether you're going to actually have the thought or maybe ruminate on the thought or, but our subconscious thoughts, they're already there. So there is no like don't have this subconscious thought. Mm-hmm. It's just either there or to your point, point, we invite it in and then it flourishes and we examine it and it can move through us. But I think it's a false concept that we can somehow like control, like our subconscious literally exists below language, right? It's like, mm-hmm. like control, this idea that we can control it is a totally false concept. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I would say it can come to the surface. No, like it comes to the surface. You bring the unconscious to the conscious and then you don't, I mean, yeah, I I don't know if I'd use the word control, but yeah, you can work with it to heal it. Sorry. I guess the idea that, so when you were saying like that you have this, you have this concern that like, I can't have negative subconscious thoughts. To me, that's an idea that isn't that's rooted in control. That the only way that you would, quote unquote, not have subconscious thoughts is mm. to control those subconscious thoughts. But that I'm proposing is like a false, right? It's a falsehood. You're saying you're t- yeah, <laughs> okay. I hear what you're saying yeah. It's like you can't do that anyway. Exactly. So you can either right, tend right, to yeah, them. You can tend to them and examine them and see what they need, or you can ignore them. But there is no option where like 
you get to direct them. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I love that you use that language of like tending to them, right? Because it's sort of like when you can bring those to the service, when you can kind of realize what's going on, when you're like, okay, in the job example again, if you all of a sudden, like if somehow you start to realize like, I'm kind of sabotaging myself here, like let's examine that a little bit, right? And you start to bring up those thoughts of like, oh, maybe I was actually really afraid of X, Y, and Z happening with my time or with the money. It's That's when I can invite myself, like turn that story around a little bit and be mm. like, okay, well, you know, like maybe it's sort of like uh, you talk to someone in the company and you really ask them about their time management. You find people who are the examples of good time management, good work-life balance in the company so that you can see, okay, this was kind of just like a fear that I have, but it doesn't have to be my truth. Maybe you think about the money that you're going to get and you say, okay, what are some good things I can do with that money? And you make a list. And so now you're excited about the, mm. the overflow of money you'll have versus being afraid of the management of it. Maybe like, so it's about finding different ways that you can sort of like look at that fair and realize like either, okay, how is it maybe not true in this place or how is it, how can it not be a fact, right? Because a lot of times our fears are just like these ideas that we have, that we have now made them to be a fact that this thing mm. is going to happen to us. And it's like, yep. well, let's relearn a little bit, right? It's okay to have that fear, but like, let's relearn, let's actually address this. Why is this not a fact? How can I find an example of this not being a fact? And so when we're talking about manifesting, right, in the subconscious thoughts, it's like, that's really what this shadow work is, is like really for a lot of the subconscious thoughts, identifying maybe did some of them come from something you, again, learned in childhood. Did, Did some of them come from, a lot of us have like traumatic events that happen to us and, you know, Trauma can be defined in like there's a like a wide yeah. like definition for trauma. Or it doesn't have to be something that you're like, oh my gosh, it's this big thing. It can be something, you know, as small, quote unquote, as like a parent ignoring you when you were younger and you try to show them something. That's a traumatic yeah. event, right? So it's like maybe something happened and you formed a belief and it helped you feel safe or it helped you feel, helped you make sense of the situation mm-hmm. and you kept that going. And so it's like how and now be like, this doesn't have to be my truth. And that's where we kind of go back to the, mm-hmm. the initial thing of spirituality being this, this process where you're able to choose what your truth is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Yes. So good. We totally pulled you on a beautiful tangent <laughs> and you've only got through one of your four steps, which the first one was clarity, yes. which you've now given us a lot more clarity on other things. So thank you. But if love you want to go back to your... <laughs> Yeah. So um, let's see. So the second thing I love to remind people to do is take action. Again, I came into this spiritual world uh, seeing, who was it? The secret. And in Mm. the secret, we all know secret talks about asking, receiving, and believing. Very, in my view, passive process of manifestation where you're sort of surrendering your power to this higher power in order to receive. And I... I find problems with that because if I believe that we're co-creating, right? So there's the higher power, there's us. We're here on this earth. Certain things are fated. Certain things are going to happen. Certain lessons are meant for us, right? But at the same time, there's also free will. There's also the ability to choose within this life. If it's, if you imagine it to be, you know, video game, if you think we're in the matrix, like as the sim, you get to choose a couple of things, right? Mm, And so mm -hmm. action is the thing you get to have your say in. What actions do I take, right? 
And especially when you have, when you've created clarity around what you want, it's almost like I equate like manifestation and I, I bring in goal setting and like the idea of smart goals and stuff like that too. Because for me, it's like, okay, I've identified this thing that I want. There is obviously sort of like stuff that I can do to help advance, to help get closer to that, to um, help create more alignment, to help create even more clarity for myself. And there are other things that maybe I can't see that are going to happen. That's up to the universe, God, whoever, like the, the terminology really doesn't matter to me, the higher power. So action is that second step, because again, if you take action, not only is it sort of kind of like reaffirming to again this higher power that yeah I'm in it like I'm here for this I got like I'm putting in my action I'm putting in my time I'm putting in my energy but when you start to take action you now start to like feel worthy and we're always worthy I want to say we're mm. preface this by saying we're always worthy right it's not to create worth but it is to remember your worth because sometimes again we might have a subconscious thought that we're not worthy of having something and when you start to take action more action the action snowballs now you're like listen I've been working hard I've been doing all the things so now when a door is open for you or when an opportunity presents itself or when something happens, you're now ready to take it because you're like, I know I've been doing my part. I've been taking this action. So I know I'm deserving. So action is a really cool way to sort of like remember your worth and sort of tap into that and tap into your confidence and be like, I got this, right? Remember who you are. Mm -hmm. So um, action is, again, something I really like to focus on because I don't think anyone should ever feel as if they have no say, as if they're just sitting here and and they should just be waiting around for something to happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, go out there and play a part in taking and having what you want, right? Mm -hmm. um, the next piece I would say goes back to that higher power, the universe and God, whoever, um, is building that trust. Because again, if we're talking about this co-creation if we're talking about you taking action and you also expecting the universe or God to take some action to bring you, lead you to a certain door, to expose you to a certain path that is aligned for you, you have to trust. You can't be in this place where you're like um, leaning into this control too much and you're like, I'm going to do every single thing and I have to do every single thing because no, now you're, now it's like, instead of being 50-50, it's like you're tipping the scales a little bit, right? Now it's uneven. Now you're trying to do all the work. Now there's resistance because you are pushing. You're pushing mm. and you're pushing. Um, so when you have that trust in the universe and this higher power, it becomes this like really cool dance where you're doing your thing. You see a little synchronicity. You're like, oh, okay, this is my, this is like a little reminder. I got this. You do a little other thing. You take an aligned action here and things start to move in really beautiful ways. And I noticed that not just for myself, but people that I know, people in my life that doors will open that you like didn't even know were there like something will pop up like someone will call you be like girl I got an opportunity for you or you'll find a job or it's like you'll find you know the partner you wanted or you'll find money like all these things will happen mm -hmm. but it'll be like random things where if you didn't take a certain action or if you didn't do a certain thing it's like you might have missed that if you didn't if you didn't say oh, I have this itch to like really go to the grocery store today I'm gonna go even though it's like raining out I want to go 
if you didn't go to the grocery store, you might have never met the person in the line who gave you the business card to like go on the website and apply for this <laughs> job that you got, and now you're making the money that yeah. you wanted to make, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. following those nudges. That literally happened cool. to a client of mine, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> we had been going back and forth, and she was like deciding. She's like, I know I'm gonna work with you, but like she's kind of deciding when, and she took the leap and she paid her deposit, and the next morning she got this nudge to go to the grocery store. She just kept saying, I never go to the grocery store in the morning. I never go in the morning. And she got there and she ran into a woman who she knew who like on the spot agreed to work with her three months. That's amazing. Yeah. And she was, oh my God. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was so great. <laughs> that's so awesome. But that's like, that's action, right? Cause so action literally is like the nudge to be like, go to the grocery store. Mm. And you're like, oh. like someone might just be like, nah. I'm good. Sit there and just be like, I'm going to ignore this nudge. And, and that's when we talk about that voice that gets louder and louder and louder and mm -hmm. sort of like, is like an itch you need to scratch, but that is action. Right. And so action can look in di different ways, but action really just helps to put you in those phases, helps yeah. to move you forward a little bit so that when you're led to that door that the universe has put there for you and the door opens, you can step through, right. Yeah. You can go through and you can claim whatever it is mm -hmm. that you want. Um, yeah. And the last piece is what we were just touching on earlier, which is the subconscious blocks. Um, really identifying the subconscious blocks that may be causing you to self-sabotage and allowing yourself to work on that deservingness, allowing yourself to do that shadow work, right? So it's not all about the, the positive thinking and the what do I want and the this and that. It's about let's look at some of the things that are under the surface. Like how, what are some cycles that are repeating in your life that you don't like and why are they there? What are the beliefs that you have and how can we work on those, right? So it's the, it's, you know, again, what we'll call like the shadow work, the subconscious work. It's the stuff that's below the surface that really helps you to live more in alignment on a conscious level when you actually address that stuff. So I love this so much, but one thing in particular that I want to highlight that I love is that you put action before subconscious blocks. Because yeah, I think that's interesting too. Yeah. Right. Because I think that sometimes in spirituality in particular and personal development land, we have a tendency to like, I mean, I've talked about this before, like perfect yourself to death, mm -hmm. right? Like, like, oh, I have more shadow work to do. Oh, I, I like, I, I can't go for that dream yet because there's more for me. I have to like, you know, dig deeper and excavate my soul more. And so I love that you're saying like, go and take the action, like go move towards the thing. And then simultaneously tend to the subconscious limiting beliefs, but don't wait until you've rendered yourself perfect to take the action. Cause like, well, then it might never happen. happen. Yeah. yeah. Then you'll yeah. be waiting forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So for our yeah. listeners, I just want to recap because I think it's so helpful. Again, Kylie and I love practicality. We love things that are um, applicable to everyday life. So step one, I have get clear step mm -hmm. two, take action. And I also just have to say, I have to add, I love that taking action for you is listening to the nudge. I think that's a huge part of spiritual work because we have, to, a lot of us have to like learn how to hear the nudge and actually follow it. So, so that's step two. Yeah. And then step three is the trust piece, which I also think is very, very pivotal, right? That's, <laughs> that's so much of like, um, and I think I have, I have follow-up questions about that. Cause I think that's a part where I can see myself getting stuck. And then step four is the, yeah, the thought work, the identifying the subconscious and the working on. Yeah. Does that yeah. sum it up? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, these can be happening simultaneously and sort of like you said, like you learn a lot about what blocks are there when you take action. If you're just right. not doing anything, it's like, you don't really learn anything. So mm. it's like, if you take action, then you're coming up against resistance. You're coming up against these blocks. Like things keep not happening. It's like, what's there? Like, let's, yeah. let's explore that a little bit. Right. Um, and again, explore that 
but also hold that trust because sometimes it really <laughs> isn't even that it, it isn't even you sometimes it's that that thing is not like good enough for you sometimes yes. you're getting more and you mm-hmm. have to hold that trust so it's like as you're doing this work it's like sometimes you'll be presented with another opportunity that's even better so there's so much around this like there are so many ways this can play out but really I think those four highlight the main steps that you're taking and you're taking at the same time right um but the clarity definitely is that, that first piece because without that it's sort of like you're you're uh how would I like to say like you're going somewhere and you're just like driving but you don't know where you're going yeah you hop on the highway and you're like okay I'm on I-95 and you're like all right well where am I headed and- <laughs> <laughs> so- yeah I love that yeah, yeah. Eva do you want to ask some of your tw- trust questions for us yeah okay so um I think you're, you've kind of answered it. I think what I want to balance more of is a co-creation with the universe. Cause I think a lot of my work has been, um, this idea of surrendering it all to the universe and all to the divine being like, cause I do, if I had to be honest, I like getting out of my ego. I like getting out of attachment. And, and so oftentimes I go around my day being like, I don't know, like here, you know, I, you know, have conversations with the universe. I'll be like, you lead the way, like I will listen and you lead the way. Um, but that has felt contra- like in contradiction to this idea of like, uh, needing to be really, really clear about what I want. And so I think that's where I struggle. Cause I like giving it all up to the universe. I like the idea of humility. Cause it feels like, and I don't mean humility as in being modest. I mean, like Truth is, I don't know jack shit, which I think sometimes is true. It's, it's getting myself into this very sort of open space where it's like my ego is not in control. It's just my spirit and my spirit will kind of just lead me in the right way. But I do think that what I'm hearing you say is that's, not, that's, that's important and that's nice. But like in reality, I have to be clear about what I want because I am a human. I'm not just a spirit. I am a human as well, you know, in a material body. So part of me needs to choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. So touching on the clarity piece again, this can be broken down even further, right? So I actually love human design because human design has actually been the thing that helped me understand this a little bit more. But in human design, there's this idea of like specific and non-specific manifestors. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with like the terminology mm-hmm. of the specific and non-specific manifestor, but essentially someone that's a specific manifestor is a person who's going to be able to list out like, I want the red car, uh, 2020, you know, it's the, like the Mustang, like they list the things out. They list out like all these details and they manifest a lot of things that are very close to that. Whereas the person who's non-specific is more like, I want a car that makes me feel fun, that makes me feel like really (laughs) sporty, right? And so when we talk about clarity, clarity for me can look a certain way. Clarity for you can look a totally different way. And I think that's where you can either use human design. If If you don't want to use human design, you can kind of use your intuition and figure out which what works best for you, what really resonates with you. But the clarity piece, it's like how you are sort of having the the universe like lead the way for the day. I think there's also a piece of you that can lean into choosing but you don't have to necessarily choose like down to the specifics maybe it's sort Mm. of like setting that intention for the day and be like i want to you know have a day where i'm able to experience some really awesome things maybe meet some new people like and you're leaving it open in that way while still being clear in your own way if that makes sense right yes so that's the the clarity piece i think gets a lot of people but that's why i like to break it down into the specific and non-specific and probably just said this earlier but um 
but yeah for me clarity is very specific i'm a specific manifester so i get like i love details i love excel sheets i like i'm that person mm. but my partner mm. for example he like is not that person like i sent him an excel sheet once and he opened it once and like never again looked at it. <laughs> and so and so for him his manifestation process because he's a really like he does it very intuitively even though I'll often be like narrating the process of what he does because he does it intuitively without knowing the names and knowing the things Mm. that he's doing but for him he'll just kind of be like I want to feel this way or like this is how I want to experience this type of event like this is the feeling I want to get from it this is the feeling of the result and so he manifests and and for him that is his clarity but going in he's sort of open to a lot of different things and even with me my clarity I might specify but even in my specificity, I leave it open to having more than what I specify for. So maybe I'm like, I want the, the X, Y, and Z, but I go into a situation, I'm led to a situation where I'm now able to have more than I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I'll take it, right? So it's yeah. like, it's not specifically what I asked for, but it's more. And so <laughs> kind of going into, again, the, the whole um, piece of the leaving it up to the universe, I do think that as co-creators, like, let's choose, right? We're, we're here to have fun. If you do want to kind of sit back and not choose, that's your prerogative. Like no one's sitting here, like forcing you to do anything. Mm-hmm. But I do think that life becomes more fun when you can kind of be like, okay, what are some things that I can choose? And how can I like play with that choice a little bit? And there are nuances and details to this where sometimes resources and certain things aren't available to us to make the choice in the way that we want to. And that's also another piece of this. Um, you know, maybe you, you have more access to certain things than someone else. And so you get to choose a certain way than someone else can. But at the end of the day, I do think that like leaning into the fact that this is a co-creation ship is really cool. It's just, again, how you define what clarity means to you. It it can be different than what it means to me. Yeah. Do you know, Eva, if you're a non-specific or specific manifester? Yeah, so I was going to say, this is so helpful, Deandra, because I just found out that I'm a non-specific manifester. And so, so one, that really rang true for me. But also, honestly, I just felt a sigh of relief because I can be such a perfectionist sometimes. I'm like, no, manifestation, I have to do it right. That means I have to know that if I want to move to Portland, I have to know what house I want to look at. And I have to like Mm. know exactly what the windows look like. And and that like stresses me the F out because I'm like, honestly, I don't care. I just know that I want my house to feel warm do you know what I mean so hearing you say that is a sigh of relief to be like oh wait wait, I I can chill out my Capricorn brain can chill out I don't have to do it right I can be open and doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong yeah right yeah that's right for you and like I'm I'm a specific manifester and I love I'm like I'm not a spreadsheet person I will admit that but I love details and like honestly one of the things that I will do sometimes when I'm going to bed at night is I will like decorate my future bedroom in my dream home like <laughs> like guys I've got the altar set up I have I have I have the wraparound porch outside my bedroom I know what window the soaking tub is going into in the master bathroom like yeah. down to because but I think what's key here is like that's super fun for, and like you said this Deandra right you said like let it be fun and play right so like for Eva you're talking about like these the specifics start to stress you out which right like we can we can remember like okay we're stressing me out it's not that I'm doing it wrong it's probably not for me right for me yeah because it's not fun which I think is so interesting though because a little bit of background Kylie and I our personalities are I'm the planner and she's like the spontaneous one so yeah I thought that my personality wore meant that I had to be specific 
Yeah. So yeah. it's good to know that, yeah, there's just some areas where there's differences. Yeah. Great. Oh my God. I feel that was wonderful. Thank you. For I could like that. feel <laughs> your energy, like just like soften once it was explaining the non-specific thing. Yay. I'm so excited. That's awesome. I want my home to feel warm. I'm like, you said that. And I'm like, hmm, because again, warm can feel like look differently for everyone else. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. you know, when you walk into a home that's like cozy and warm and yeah. inviting and yeah, and, and, I'm like, and I get you, I get you. Yeah. And I know how to manifest that feeling in myself. That's something that I do often. It's mm. like, oh, I can just lay in bed and I may not have a vision of what the curtains look like, but I can physically feel what a warm house feels like. And so I think that could be like an interesting way to bring manifestation into the picture. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause like yeah. the feeling of the feelings, that's a really huge piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's really yeah. awesome. Oh my God. I love that. I like yeah. don't do, I, I do the Yay. like visualization of like the actual things. Cause like before we moved here, I would like visualize like how, like where all the furniture pieces on my Excel sheet <laughs> would go. And now that we're here, it's like every piece is in the same place that I visualized. And it's like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of planning, Eva, I know you had like a beautiful list of questions. So do you want to ask another one? Yeah. Well, I was going to throw it to you, Kylie, this idea, this question that you and I have played around with a lot about this idea of why manifestation sometimes feels icky. Mm. Do you want to sort of yeah, take a lead on yeah. that? Yeah. So one of the things that for the longest time I had so much reservation to manifestation and like wouldn't even, even as I was like doing all the spiritual things, I just had like a big red X around manifestation because I've watched it, I feel like be weaponized against people with less privilege, right? And in this way, that's like, oh, you have cancer? Well, you must have manifested that, right? And obviously it's not usually in such cross terms, but I feel that undercurrent a lot. And so for a long time, I was like, well, I don't want anything to do with that. So that means I don't want anything to do with manifestation at this point now in part, because I just kept downloading messages about manifestation for my clients that I was like, oh, I guess, I guess there must be something here that I should pay attention to for myself. But I still, honestly, it's still one of the things that I struggle with is like, I guess one, how does, so there's kind of two questions that I'm going to lay at your feet. One is like, how do we understand manifestation within the context of systemic oppression, right? And like what our role is um, within that. And then also, I guess just like, yeah, how do you navigate that? I don't know that I can even totally articulate, but how do you navigate the way in which you can use something like this for personal empowerment, which is like very strongly the thread I hear you say, while being mindful of not being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And, and if I could, could add to that for a second, I think it's this idea of that sometimes people feel like, okay, so this idea that, you know, poverty is a mentality, so, which is another thing that I hear a lot. It can make one feel like they're the problem because they're like, they're like, okay, so I'm in poverty. So fuck, does that mean I'm attracting it and therefore I'm doing something wrong? And like, they're, you know, I'm the mistake here. And I think that can be really toxic, not even just poverty, but just a lot of people being like, okay, well, if I'm looking at my life and it's not the way that I want it to be, the message is something wrong. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, and I've even had people, I've read this in message boards and I've had clients say to me, like, I don't know what I'm doing to attract this fill in the blank. Mm. Okay, so, so much there. Mm-hmm. Love it. I know. <laughs> Sorry, here's like eight heavy hitter questions <laughs> and go. <laughs> um, I actually wrote down, like, it was like this pseudo quote because I literally couldn't find the actual quote I thought I should do on Instagram. I really wish I could quote the person here, but I came across something. It was from one of those, um, like the, the psychology 
Instagrams with like a therapist who does like Instagram, that type mm-hmm. of thing. But she basically said uh, something along the lines of like, you're not responsible for manifesting your traumas, but you are responsible for like your response to them. Again, mm. that is my paraphrasing of the quote, but that's kind of what I got from it, right? And I think this is really important because again, to sort of see people and meet, like look at wherever they are in their life and sort of assume that they have done something to create that, I think it's just really it's not empowering at all. It sort of like, again, creates this idea where we're blaming people for where they are instead of trying to meet them where they are and sort of invite them to um, maybe figure out how their situation can change. And again, there's so much, I think, privilege in the manifestation world. Like when I first came into, or when I first kind of like got on Instagram and made my Instagram and started posting and stuff like that, a lot of other spiritual um, content would come up in my explore feed and on my homepage and things like that. And a lot of it, were like the people who were posting these things it was sort of like you know a lot of like positive content a lot of just sort of like think positively things will happen for you if you think bad thoughts bad things will happen to you um sort of reinforcing this idea that everyone can can be a millionaire and if you're not already then you need to fix something get with the program that type of thing and again I don't think that's empowering language at all. Um, When it comes to like privilege and when it comes to poverty, when it comes to anyone in the situation trying to like learn about manifestation and learn how they can use this sort of thing to empower themselves in their life, I think it's important to like meet people where they are. Um, The way that I have manifested things in my life, again, is not going to be the way that someone else, that you guys manifest, that someone else manifests. Um, because at the end of the day, the, the high level steps I talk about are there, but the nuances, the details of our lives are going to be super different. And when it comes to the beliefs that we have, the, the beliefs around our worth, the beliefs around what we can create, what we can manifest, all of that stuff, like I was raised in a different household than you. Like I'm going to have different things I have to deal with, right? I'm going to have different things that come up as challenges. And some of them are going to be really tough challenges that maybe it'll be a struggle for me to overcome. And some of them will be challenges that maybe it's easier for me to overcome. Um, I had another thought too, and it literally just off my head. But literally, I I think it's really, again, important to meet people where they are. Oh, another thing I was going to say too. um, One of the big things I think too, when it comes to like, Poverty and when it comes to like generational wealth, like we hear people, I think at least I've been hearing a lot of people talk about generational wealth and creating generational wealth. A lot of that, especially like specifically like people of color who haven't experienced generational wealth, it's if we don't have people in our lives that we can look to as examples of this wealth to create, it's a lot harder to imagine that we can have that, right? Versus someone who maybe like, their aunt has a business and is an entrepreneur and has created this million dollar business and they can look at their aunts and be like, yeah, I can definitely have that because Auntie Joe did that, right? And it's sort of like, they have that that person that's so close to them, that's this example they can go to and ask for advice. There's, there's so much privilege in that specific relationship that someone else who never had that Auntie Joe can't go to that person, can't ask mm. for that advice. And so now that person has, they have, you know, positive quotes on Instagram, they have to go out there and find that information. They have to learn. They have to work a little bit harder in different ways to get that information, to do something with it. And even when they have that information, it becomes a different struggle to put that information to work because now they have to figure out how to put it to work. Mm -hmm. But that information is there. And so I think, you know, there are situations where we see people who come from really hard circumstances who have kind of created i'm thinking of oprah specifically i think you guys had a question about oprah who (laughs) have um 
really pushed past like some extreme challenges to manifest this amazing life and to now tell that story and inspire others. And unfortunately, there are some people in this world who they, they don't push past their challenges. It's so traumatizing to them. It's so hard that they can't pick themselves up. They can't move past whatever their trauma is. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. I think when we allow, when we have this information out there, again, going back to that quote, I mentioned the whole, like, no, you're not responsible for manifesting that trauma that you're, that, you know, that's like brought into this world for you, or that you, you like, maybe you're born into a certain family that's like very dysfunctional. And you're like, oh my God, why? Why was I given to this family? But your response to that, your response to that is like your way of like taking the situation kind of into your hands as much as you can. And again, there are certain nuances, certain things you won't be able to control there, but it's like, how can you really like take that into control as much as possible? And I'm thinking specifically, I have a friend, um, her and I went to the same college together. We're actually best friends. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell her to listen to this episode, but um, she's one of the strongest people I know. Like her, like she has been through so much, so much in her life. And her, it's interesting because her response to that trauma, she was hurt. She, there were a lot of things that she went through that it's like, I'm like, I don't know if I could have survived that, but she managed to turn it around. She managed to get this full scholarship. She managed to go to this amazing college, but then there are other people that were in similar situations to her that she knew um, when she was younger that ended up on the like a different side. They never made mm-hmm. it to university. They never made it to where she is now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so again, I think it's the response to that trauma, but even the response is something that, again, sometimes the response to the trauma is also like not your fault completely because sometimes mm-hmm. you something happens to you, something traumatic happens to you and you respond, especially if you're young, you respond like in a way where you're afraid. You don't know what to do. You, you freeze up. You don't take X, Y, and Z action because you're a kid, or uh, maybe it's so traumatic that you literally don't move forward with your life. And that is where it's like so heartbreaking because it's like, it's not the person's fault that they were like, I can't move forward past this. It literally was a traumatic traumatic thing that happens to someone and one person may have been able to pick themselves up and use that um, event as like inspiration to keep going like motivation like I'm gonna make it because this happened to me I'm gonna make it someone else may have fallen and said I I truly can't move forward you know yeah but I, I, I but I your question that was really all over the place yeah well I mean, our, our questions were they were like eight folds I feel like you yeah. did a pretty good job of like yeah. folding them in but but I do believe that um the only thing and I Okay. So I want to make sure that I say this, you know, being conscientious, but I do think that while, you know, there's this other, another quote that, you know, you probably see floating around on Instagram is that like, you're not responsible for your trauma, but you are, or you're not, um, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Like the mm. shit that you pick up is not your fault, but ultimately at some point, right. We have to like step in and take responsibility for, for that. Because I think like, while we don't have control of our circumstances, the only thing sometimes that we have control over is our response to life. But when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, you have to respond by picking yourself up by your bootstraps and like making sure that you don't cry. Sometimes really the response is like, oh no, you've been through some shit cry and like heal. Yeah. And like softness is the answer. I don't mean right. when I say, when I say like, oh, you allow yourself is- to receive support. Right. Totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, usually when I say that, like, oh, your response is your, or your response is your responsibility. 
I don't mean it from this very patriarchal, capitalistic, colonial, like I'm shaking my finger at you, like you better freaking get over this. It's very much like, no, 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 like going soft and like finding yeah. ways for you to respond in a way that can help you heal. But I, I, I don't, I do believe that actually our response is like the only thing that we have control over sometimes when we can't control our situations. Yeah. Like what I hear both of you talking about is that, um, is the importance of compassion, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost, it's almost like the precursor to your, like if your four steps are the chapters of the, of the chapter of the book, compassion is the prologue, right? Like, like, (laughs) yeah, like, like we, we have to, we have to start there. And when we try to march through clarity and action and shadow work, but we're doing it from this place of like kind of whipping ourselves and like, why aren't I better? Like, why don't I have the partner yet? Why don't I have the job yet? Why don't I have the fill in the blank? Like we are at war with ourselves and at war with the universe. And so also not, also not in the receiving mode because really what we need is like tenderness. And like you said, Eva softness and, and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that, that feels really helpful to think about. No, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely that compassion and the piece that like, you know, sometimes haunts me, right? Especially when we're coming back to sort of like the groundedness and the, the 3D reality of the world we live in is like where in our systems, in our worlds have like things failed us, have we created specific situations where if someone has experienced trauma and we're telling them like, okay, like, you know, reach out, get that support to help you. Maybe there are people who don't go for the support because they've been taught not to go for the support or they've been taught that if they do reach out, no one reaches back. And so it's sort of like, it's this twofold thing of like, yes, you know, um, you're sort of responsible for, for reaching out for that help, for sort of giving yourself that compassion. But at the same time, I think as a collective, we're also responsible for finding the holes in our systems that are allowing Mm -hmm. people to sort of like not reach out for help that are allowing people to sit in these places where they're struggling and they literally feel so alone because at the end of the day, it's like, we're, we're a collective. We're supposed to be, you know, moving forward together, but when we're not doing that and when we're not kind of like creating these spaces for people to feel as if they can reach out for help and receive that help, it's, it's just, we're going to just create more people who are going through these really awful situations. Don't reach out for help, have this trauma, um, believe that they're, you know, that, that they're, they're not able to manifest or believe that X, Y, and Z is not possible for them. Um, maybe they have kids and, and they give, they instill them with that belief. And that perpetuates that cycle of a generation of a people that don't believe they can have certain things. Right. So I think it's, it's twofold. It is like an individual thing, but at the same time, I think there's a piece of it that's like a collective responsibility as yeah. well. Oh, I love that part. I love yeah. that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually, all of this, this whole conversation is just making me feel better. Like, I'm excited to go out and manifest some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now that you know you can just, like, feel your warm home. Yeah, Yeah. cookies in the house. Oh, my God, do you think of cookies? Do you smell them? (laughs) Now? Because I'm not a a baker, and I've never been one to, like, but I do, actually, that's really funny. I probably, it just came to me as you asked my question. This is very strange, but I think of like weird Chinese herbs because I think that's what I grew up with in my home. Mm -hmm. And what's ironic about that is Chinese herbs, if you know, usually smell like shit. So it's a very, (laughs) so so I mean, this makes me think of how like, be very particular to yourself. Yeah. So like this makes me think of like my dad is a commercial fisherman. So he came home every day from work smelling like diesel fuel and fish guts. And like, to me, like (laughs) to this day, diesel fuel is like, 
did. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, we all Look, have it's our his own birthday weird... today. Shout out, Papa Caldwell. Oh, happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, just saying it's funny how uh, it can be so personalized to each individual yeah. person. Yeah. 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 Smell is very interesting. Links yeah. us to some really cool memories. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually so funny. My human design person who, um, P the Fury, she's going to be on this podcast actually next week. She was also saying that smell is a very strong thing for me and I should, yeah, use smell as a way to manifest, which was the first time I'd ever heard that. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Noting, I'm going to ask more questions about that next week. Yeah. I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I do have one more question mm-hmm. coming from the meditator in me. So I'm, you know, Deandra, as you probably got from my Freudian sleep earlier, I was talking about medita- meditation. And I think my question is sometimes when I listen to big manifesting sort of experts like Bob Proctor, or I'm trying to think of like who else, um, who are like the big names? Uh, oh, Ab- Abraham Hicks, right? Mm. Oh, like, yeah, that's another big yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get this idea that's like, oh, you're supposed to, let's say I want to manifest a house in Portland. Mm-hmm. Then I have to be thinking about that house all the time. That's at least that's my interpretation of it is that you should be focused on it. And I think where I get tripped up there again, which also brings up some anxiety for me, is like, I don't want to be thinking about that shit all the time. Like, I don't like being in my head all the time. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in thought all the time. So much of my meditation work is about actually not being in thought. Like I can do this thing where I bring myself back into the present moment where I'm literally not in my mind. I'm literally just here experiencing life and I'm living through my body and my sensations, which is, again, feels contradictory to this idea of like, oh, I need to be thinking about this house all the time, or I need to be thinking about growing my business all the time, or I need to be thinking about the perfect partner all the time. Like, so I guess my question is like, <laughs> where's the, where's the balance exactly? Or where, like, cause when you gave us this list of four things, you didn't actually list what our thought, like anything about our thoughts. So maybe to oh, broaden the scope process. a little bit from Eva is like, how do we relate? Like, do we have to be thinking about it? What should our thoughts, what should our thoughts be doing while we're trying to manifest? (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Kylie. Yeah. I guess to bring it back to the four things I talked about and just sort of like where your thoughts are there. um, I don't believe in thinking about the thing all the time. In fact, I think at least for me and for a lot of people that I know, it sort of creates this like desperate energy because then you're like, panicked then you're like looking around for signs like oh is that a sign the thing is coming and oh is that a sign it's not coming and then sort of becomes again like this very like it's just resistance it's this very uh, icky energy around it where it just feels like you're obsessing and I don't know about you guys but it seems like it's like very stalker obsessive energy and I'm just not here for it so Mm -hmm. um when it comes to the the clarity piece right that's when you're really like thinking about it like you're in that headspace you're like writing out your script again if you visualize you're like visualizing at night maybe you're doing a mixture of both right maybe the first night when you're like, oh, I've gotten clear, you write out a script and you're so excited when you go to bed that you're thinking about the thing, right? You're either feeling it or you're smelling it or you're seeing <laughs> it in your mind's eye. Um, and then from there, when you're in the the sort of like place where you're taking that action, I think that's when you're thinking about it. And you're thinking about it naturally. It doesn't come with like a, oh, 12 o'clock, got to think about my manifestation. It's sort of like, <laughs> a very natural ease and flow. So again, if you're feeling called to take an aligned action, it may not even do with the thing. So you may not be thinking about thing like the grocery store example we talked about, right? But then once you get to the point where you are now um, exchanging the, the business cards that we talked about in the example, and someone tells you about this job and you're like, oh, wait, like I'm trying to manifest more money. Maybe like the thought pops into your head then, like then, and it doesn't become this thing that you grasp onto because again, that can create this like resistance and this awkwardness, but maybe it just sort of becomes that pleading thought in your mind and you're thinking about it then. Or maybe um, 
I know for me, I'll get pings to take aligned action towards certain things. So it's like when uh, I was in the process of manifesting this apartment, at one point I was like on my couch, um, had a ping to be like, I'm going to go to New Jersey next week. And I used to live in Boston. And it was this thing where I ended up buying a ticket that day, booking a flight to come here to see the apartment in person. And it wasn't something where I was ruminating ruminating on it all day. But in that moment, I got this idea. I was like, let's follow that let's go with that let's see what happens mm. here took that you know thought turned it into a specific action and came here and it sort of led to other things happening that led to this specific thing manifesting so basically in the thought process i don't think there's a specific thing like think about your thing at least once a day i think it just comes up naturally like when you're allowing yourself to stay open to ideas when you're allowing yourself to trust things will happen naturally and you'll find yourself either having a thought of, a, of an action that's related to the thing that you're manifesting or something happens and you're like, oh, that's funny because I was just trying to manifest this and now this happened and things like that will sort of like happen. But again, like having to force yourself to think of this thing all the time, it feels just very like that push energy we talked about, mm. especially if it's something where you don't enjoy it and you're trying to force yourself to do it. It's like, that's kind of a signal to, to be like, okay, maybe I should kind of like ease up here if this is something that just makes me feel so drained, so tired, so not in flow. Like why push it? Like yeah. why push that thing? It's making me think of something that I also read on Instagram that was <laughs> like talking about how when you're at a restaurant, again, pre-COVID, uh, uh, I miss restaurants. Uh, and you would like order a cup of coffee. You don't then spend the entire time sitting there thinking like, am I going to get coffee? Are they bringing me coffee? I hope they bring me coffee. I ordered the coffee. Do you think they heard me order the coffee? Like you just order the coffee and then you return to your conversation with your friends. And in a little while, like maybe a minute, maybe five minutes, maybe seven, like you get a nice cup of coffee. Uh, and I think of that often, um, when I feel myself, struggling with what you're talking about Eva like am I supposed to just be thinking about it all the time I'm like well what would I do if it was a cup of coffee that I was ordering I love that analogy so much <laughs> I thought you would yeah so helpful honestly it makes a lot of sense to me now just like having the questions that I asked why manifest why I would have felt resistance towards manifestation prior to this conversation and now I'm like oh I get how this is like fun <laughs> this is fun and joyful and I do very much believe in like the world is just an endless thing of possibilities which I've also experienced in my own life but it's like I do like this idea of being able to I think I don't wanna, it's not cheating the system because I don't believe in like shortcuts necessarily but I do think that you can transcend physical bullshit blocks and yeah. also mental bullshit blocks and so it's I don't know that sounds really exciting to me and magical in like all the best ways. <laughs> Also, Deanna, for context, because even I have been talking about our hangups around manifestation for at least a year that we've been explicitly having some of this conversation. And so I can let you know that like, I, if I can speak for you, Eva, this is like the single biggest shift that's happened for Eva <laughs> yeah. this topic. Totally. This has been so, I mean, this has been everything that I dreamed of and more. Yeah. <laughs> such a good conversation you guys I, uh, yeah. i'm buzzing how can i sleep now i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> just start decorating your dream home you'll fall asleep in no time <laughs> yeah. um i've been reading these nights i just started a new book and so it's a thriller so let's hope uh that doesn't lead into any uh <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah okay that's fair oh uh, well i do feel like we could talk forever but i want to be mindful of your time um and so i will ask the question that we always conclude our show with which is um 
what is something that is bringing you joy right now? Oh, oh my gosh. I know this is already said before, but I'm like, oh my God, so many things. Like, does that have to be one? No. <laughs> we live um, in a world of limitless possibilities. It doesn't have to be just one. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So uh, my partner actually just came back from California. He was there for like two and a half weeks. So that's bringing me joy because he came back mm. today. And I'm like, oh my God, you're back. Like, finally I can you know, go to bed at night and not be scared of all the bumps and noises I hear in the <laughs> living room at night because I'm mm-hmm. very terrified of the dark. Oh, that's really sweet. I have a fear around um, mirrors in the dark because I talk about them being like portals and the whole thing. So, but um, so I'm happy about that. And I'm also excited about my dog who just got a haircut. And so he looks so handsome. He literally <laughs> looks so good when he gets his haircut and he like really did it nice and low, just how I like it. So he just looks like this little naked shaved pup. And he's so handsome. Please. And I look at him, I'm like, oh my gosh. Please send a picture of this adorable dog and all of you who are listening, you have to join our Facebook group if you also want to see a picture of this dog. So <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. we're, we're about to have a mad group. run on the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to have to email you guys a picture. I got him a Santa suit the other day or it's like, it's like a pajama thing that says like, oh my God, is this like Santa's favorite, I think on it. Oh my oh, God. Wait a minute. And he was not, he was not having it though. No. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cutest thing. It's like a little cut out for your butt. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> amazing I those are great love that. yeah I those are great so those are things that bring me joy and also the crepe i had today is still bringing me joy even though it is digesting uh, currently but it was an oreo nutella crepe and i oh, lived oh, for the whole the whole experience with the whipped cream on top and everything oh i love these answers they're so beautiful <laughs> yeah these are really good these are good. between yeah. the like referencing the smell of cookies and your crepe i'm gonna need to go raid my cabinets for something chocolatey <laughs> when we're done yeah, I, I may join you because now i'm like all right well i think i'm peckish again yeah right yeah now you're like awake and now you're peckish so yeah (laughs) okay Um, how about you Eva okay so for me um I'm currently at my grandparents place which might I feel like it might explain my shoddy internet but I do have to say that being able to spend quality time with them uh has really brought me joy I mean part of why I come back to Taiwan is because I, I I amazingly still in my at 37 have uh all four of my grandparents around which is saying yeah saying a lot about their genes and um my grandmother has alzheimer's now so she's not completely there but i don't know even just being able to be around them and making the most out of this time is like so heartwarming and i I went through actually all these photos yesterday with my grandparents (laughs) of my grandfather when he was a kid and my dad when he was a kid and it was just a really fun thing to do with them so so yeah that's bringing me joy yeah (laughs) my heart also i just like felt my grandparents presence just like by proxy and hearing your story so um, I was able to share that yeah yeah what about you Kylie what's something bringing you joy so this past weekend we record on Mondays so uh, this is still fresh in my mind my husband and I went away for the weekend just the two of us oh my god (laughs) which like is the first time we've been like really been anywhere and it's definitely the first time we've been anywhere without our kids since yeah, Kai, I don't think I've noticed you talk about being away with Nick at all, like, no. since I've known you. I mean, I mean, like, before COVID, we would, like, pretty regularly, like, get away for a weekend here and there. But then, like, it's just it hasn't happened uh, since COVID. And, um, yeah, man, it felt fucking great. It's like, <laughs> I'm sure. I 
could lounge around all day without having to do anything for anybody but myself. What? Oh my God. I'm uh, so happy for you. This is huge. It was. And we like, we went to this really cute town, New England town called Newburyport. And we just like, like spent money frivolously on chachkis. <laughs> it was just like everything and like did things like you can't bringing kids in small children into a store is like kind of stressful anyway. Bringing small children into a store in COVID is just like 99% of the time not worth it. So it was just fun to be like, oh, we're like in an art gallery. Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can touch things. I can, yeah, exactly. I don't have to like harangue somebody to like keep their mask on or some like stress. <laughs> yeah, it was just super, super fun. And we ate delicious food and, oh, and the last thing I'll say about it is I woke up uh, somewhat early on Saturday morning and my husband was still sleeping. And so I was like, what am I gonna do with myself? I can do anything I want in the whole world. And I was like really excited to brainstorm about this free workshop that I'm doing at the end of the month. <laughs> but it brought me like so much joy. Like it was like, it was this really cool moment that I was like, I am so freaking grateful that this is my life because this is actually genuinely what I want to spend my free time with. And like, that, like there's no separation, right? Between like, I don't know, I just felt like really you know, and then I, I only did it for like an hour and then I went on to like, just eat food and wander around town. But <laughs> I felt really grateful that like, this is my life. So my life is bringing me joy right now. Oh my God. What a beautiful answer. I love this. Oh, I just love these answers because they like also just, you know, I feel like they shift my energy and bringing such a beautiful vibe. Thank you for sharing. I know my whole heart is warm now from our share. (laughs) We should just do a mashup, like, like a holiday episode. That's just like all of the what's bringing you joy segments from all of our episodes. Uh, Noted. Okay. As the editor of the podcast, I'm making a a note of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Also, yeah, just so everybody knows, in case our listeners don't know, Eva does all of the sound editing. She whoop, whoop. You know, just like props to Eva for that. Yeah, I will take it. Yeah, well, Deandra knows because she's she's also got this amazing podcast, which actually brings us to our next question is where can people find you and how can people work with you? Because honestly, I think you your Instagram is lit. I think the way that you explain everything is so practical. People need to be hearing this. So yeah, please share all the things. Yes, of course. So I am on Instagram, as we heard, um, at The Manifest Daily. And I also have a website, themanifestdaily.com. Currently, I am in the middle of a launch for a self-study program called Your Next Level Life, which really walks through some of the four steps that we talked talked about today um, in order to sort of clarify that next level for yourself and sort of manifest or step into that next level. When you guys are listening to this, it'll probably be closed, but there'll be a wait list for that. And then I also have a membership on my website um, with manifestation resources, um, lifestyle and wellness resources, self-care stuff. And a lot of it is just like video masterclasses, workbooks, things like that. But that is currently also on a wait list because I'm trying to sort of add a bunch of stuff in there. But either way, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be the first to know about what's going on with the Manifest Daily, what's currently being launched. Um, But I also do have free resources on my website. So you're welcome to sign up for the resource library actually just launched the other day, which has like a scripting ebook in there. There's a book all around how to create and plan your full and new moon ritual. And I also have some um, vision board wallpaper templates for your phone in there. So I love to kind of create a vision board on my phone. And so there are templates in there so you can go in and download them and play around with them, put your pictures in there and do all the things. So yeah. And then oh, what's your podcast, podcast called? Too. Oh, yes. yeah, your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, I forgot something. Um, my podcast is called Manifest Daily. 
Awesome. Yeah. It's on all yes. the all the things. Apple, Spotify, uh, what is the new one? Amazon Music or Amazon now has like a podcast thing mm-hmm. they stream. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. thing. So it's on there too. <laughs> Awesome. Yay. And I, I love this vision board iPhone thing that you're talking about. I'm totally going to check that out. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's so fun. Cause you get to like make a cool wallpaper for your phone. And it's also a vision board and it's like, you can customize it. And it's kind of like carrying around like a mini Pinterest slash vision board on your phone, which is the best vibe. So yeah. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been really, really heartwarming and informative. Yeah. Thank this has you. just been such a joy. <laughs> Yeah. So thank you both for inviting me on. This has been an amazing conversation as I knew it would be, but um, I loved your questions. I loved kind of going a little bit deeper and really addressing some of the, the, the heavier topics that we address, but that are really important to kind of speak to, especially when it comes to like manifestation and empowerment work and self-development. So thank you. Yeah. Thank thank you. you.